We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following is a journey into comics. Journey into comics. It's a journey into comics. It's a journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? Fourteen million six hundred five. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 271. I am your host, Nate, and I'm all alone today. I'm so sorry. Tyler wasn't feeling very well. I told him to take the night off. I didn't end up feeling very well, so I ended up taking the night off, but I got up early this morning and started working on Journey Into Comics 271. Now, I hope you folks are having a fantastic start to your week. It's weird because if you're in the Midwest, you're getting like 50-degree weather today, strangely enough. Uh, in the middle of November, right before Thanksgiving, uh, right before the bottom drops out. So that's your Journey into Comics weather report brought to you by me. Anyways, let's slow this down a little bit, and let's talk about all the things that have been going on. There's kind of been a lot going on in my life leading back into comic stuff. We have some news to cover today. We're going to get there. In case you missed it, I see why am I. I did the State of the Network 2. And it was the second special I've done where I just kind of talk a little bit about all the shows that are coming to the network and all this new that's coming. And the fresh uh, reset of the network, as it were. So, in doing that, I had actually planned to record it on Thursday night. And then I had some crazy shit happen to me Thursday, which I'm about to tell here. I told this story already on that podcast, but... Some of my listeners might not go and listen to the State of the Network address. They might not think it's very important for them to do, which is fine. You don't need to. Uh, And you might miss this story. So because of that, I'm going to be retelling a story that's already been told on the podcast network here. But I do feel like it is worth mentioning. It leads into my weekend, and then it leads me into where we are now. So first and foremost, Thursday I went down to my dad's house to do a little visiting catch up, uh, see my sisters, which ended up only seeing one of my sisters because my other sister was out of town. I got into town, you know, hung out for a bit, and then my dad went to work, and then he, you know, texted me later. He's like, hey, do you want to do, like, dinner later? By what time? And I was like, oh, man, five. Five is cool. Like, that's a a decent time. Like, I had kind of planned to 
try and get a few little things done at his house. Every time I've been there recently, I've been like trying to like work on cleaning up and cleaning out stuff that's mine that either I don't need anymore or clothes that don't fit, you know, stuff like that. Things that are just left there because not everything ever came with me because I never moved into a place big enough to house all my stuff. So go there and I start working on this project in the spare bedroom which is like storage and it's got storage from everybody from my dad from my sister from me from sarah from v i mean literally everybody has something in there at least and it kind of got a little overwhelming and there was lots and lots and lots of stuff and 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 it was like okay um what (laughs) like at some point this room has got to be cleaned out or it's going to become like a hoarder's room and then we we just don't want that (laughs) So I start taking stuff out and going through slowly. And I'm like methodically going through these boxes that I know are mine and methodically looking through all this old stuff that is from 2009 or 2008 or even before then uh, that I didn't, I guess is the way to say that, want to get rid of at the time, but couldn't uh, figure out what to do with it. So I just threw shit in a box, called it a day. So I'm going through all this stuff. And it's like almost five, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta stop. So I've got tons of shit all over this room. I mean, the room that I had just recently detailed at my dad's house, like he kept my room or whatever, which is super sweet of him. But like, I redid that whole thing. So, like, when we go down to stay, you know, the girls and I can have like a nice, fresh space. It's like a new environment, it's different, you know, it gives you a, a different headspace, feng shui, as it were. So. I leave to go to do this lunch dinner thing with my dad and I go to his job and he's like, what do you want? I was like, I guess we'll just have McDonald's, you know, that's fast. So we get McDonald's and I screwed the order up because I wasn't, I didn't understand what he was trying to say. He was asking if he wanted to share a fry with me and if not to just get him a medium. But if I wanted some fries to order a large, I didn't, I thought he said if I wanted fries, order some fries for us to split. And I was like, oh, I don't want fries. So we don't need fries. So I didn't order any. Uh, that's like super behind the scenes. But anyways, this is just going into the full details of the story of everything that kind of happened. So I go to McDonald's. I go through the drive through It's super fast. I go to my dad's job. We go into his place and we eat. We sit down and we eat in his shop and whatnot, which was nice. It was fun, you know, and we chat and catch up and everything like that. And we're, you know, hanging out. And he's like, so what are you doing? And I was like, I'm in the middle of cleaning and I've actually got to stop and go see Sam before I go home, so I'm like mid-project, and I'm really kind of stressed out about it, and he's like, oh, you know what, whatever, it's fine, you'll get it done, I was like, oh, yeah, I know I'll get it done, it's just like a matter of finishing it, it's a lot of work, there's a lot of stuff, I'm trying to clean the extra bedroom, and he was like, wow, I can't believe you're actually doing that, and I was like, I know, so we finish up eating, I head to my sister's house, and it's like my sister, and her fiance Bill, and Sawyer, and that's my little nephew, and we're all like hanging out, having a good time and whatnot. And they're about to eat dinner. And like they go to eat dinner. And I'm hanging out with them. And I'm like, okay, well, in like 20 minutes, I'm probably going to peace out so I can go get back to this work. Like, not that I don't want to see you guys, but I'm on a task in my brain. Literally can't. Like, I'm not even enjoying hanging out really because I'm mid project. And maybe that's my own fault because I started this, but. I didn't realize I was going to get so deep, I guess. I thought I would just like open up a couple boxes and be like, this is too much. I don't want to do this right now. And then like pick another day. But hey, as the motivational fates decided it, I was going to do this shit. Because let me tell you something, folks. And this is a sidebar to discussing 
the cleaning and all this stuff that happened and me being at my sister's. I want to mention this one quick sidebar about getting shit done. Just do it, man. If you got if you got laundry to do or housework to do or whatever, start it. As soon as you start the project, like, okay, example, if I have five different things I need to get done at the house in a, in a given day, I will, like, say, start the laundry. As the laundry is going, I'll go do the dishes, okay, because the laundry and the dishes will take about the same amount of time. When the dishes are done, the laundry is done, I switch it into the dryer. Next load goes to the washer. Then when I'm done with the dishes, I shift into vacuuming the house. So boom, 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 three things out of my projects are already kicked down of the day. Then once I'm done vacuuming the house, I want to do a little dustage or dust first and then vacuum. It just depends on how I'm feeling. Usually I'll dust first because if there's any excess dust, I'll just vacuum it up. Uh, you know, wiping down surfaces and things of that nature, just keeping yourself constantly moving. Even if like, I get it, you're home, you're off for the day. You don't want to fuck around. You're like on vacation or you're during your Thanksgiving break and whatnot. You don't want to do shit, but I'm telling you mentally, like here's example. Last night I was feeling really shitty. I couldn't do the podcast. It got really late, like almost one in the morning, and my energy finally like picked up. I was like, oh, I, I kind of feel a little bit better, but I'm not going to do the podcast this late because I'll just be like mumble bumbling around. I won't, I won't be in the same heads. I won't be firing on all cylinders. So I need to do something though because I need to get tired. I'm like not there yet. So I like started cleaning up the room in our house, like our bedroom. Like we haven't cleaned our actual bedroom in a while, so I started like detailing that. And uh, it's just the whole concept of getting stuff done, even if you exhaust yourself a little bit further, when you wake up in the morning and go, oh shit, all this stuff is done already and I can just chill for the rest of my day, it's a huge win on your mental, it's a huge win on your physical because it'll allow you to actually feel relaxed, the stress will decrease in you, just because your shit's done, man. It's all about being task-oriented. So let's go back to my sister's house, I'm there, I'm hanging out with the kiddo, I'm hanging out with them, and... My little nephew reaches into my goddamn pocket and steals my phone. And I'm like, you little thief, get back here. And I fake arrest him. I, you know, put his hands behind his back and I walk him to the couch and say, you're in jail. I sit him down and that we do that a couple times. It's really funny. He steals my fucking drink one time. And I'm like, come on, man. Like you're only two and a half little sticky bandit. So he tells me that it's my turn to go to jail. And I should have just played it cool, but I always am trying to be an entertainer of the kiddos, especially when I'm around my family. I want to make them feel like excitement every time they see me, so because they don't see me so much, you know. And uh, so he puts me in jail, and he goes to walk away, and my sister's distracting him, and she's kind of giving me like the go hide look, like we can we can startle him. So I step up off her couch and I go to take a few steps into her bedroom. And as I go to step, my fourth step into her bedroom, my foot, the toe of my shoe, catches her shaggy carpet. It's not really shaggy shaggy, but it's like kind of, it's got a nice pile to it, I guess you'd say. It's not low pile carpet. It catches my fucking shoe and rolls my ankle. And as it's rolling my ankle, I'm stepping. So I step with all my weight with my foot completely the wrong way. And I hear a pop, and I hear it loud, like, cacao, you know, bow-bow. That's not what it sounded like. It doesn't sound like cacao or bow-bow, but it just made like a clack sound. I don't know how to fucking do it for you here. 
90% over this sickness, by the way. It's a fucking long-hanging motherfucking fruit. So, anyways, uh, I the step happens, the crack happens, and I know something is wrong. I'm like, oh, I have definitely just broke my ankle or my foot or crushed some bones in my foot or combination of all those things. This is bad. I can't walk. The pain is, like, insane. Like, it's on fire. And I'm, like, limping to the couch. My sister's like, oh, my God, what's happening? And you need peas? And I was like, yeah, give me peas. Put some peas on it because fucking ice-cold peas will help. It didn't. Spoiler alert. It was, like, at the height of it hurting. So the ice just made it hurt even fucking worse. You know, it doesn't immediately, like, get super, like, it's it got swollen. I'm not going to discount the swollenness of my foot. But it didn't get, like, crazy massively puffy. It got, you know, okay, a little swollen, whatever. <laughs> And, but it just like ached. So I like grin it and bear and I play for a few more minutes and I'm like, I'm sorry guys. Like I got to go home. I got to figure out what's up with my foot, nurse it, feel better, you know, whatever. Take some medicine. But it's just like, okay, I'll get it. So I take off and uh, I'm limping the whole way. It hurts as fuck to drive. I get to the house and uh, pull in, go upstairs and... I'm like fucking just like trying to focus on the fact that, oh shit, I have all this stuff left undone in this spare room. So I'm like, all right, I can do this. I'll just slowly limp along and do it and just take my time and be mindful of my foot, which for the most part I was, but God, it hurts so bad. So here's a funny little anecdote, side note, as it were, back in the story. Uh, when my little nephew was born, just as a defense on my sister's house to make sure that no crazy, like, intruders or fires or shit that was unexplained uh, couldn't be accounted for, they installed cameras inside and outside their house, uh, some of which my dad has access to, just to make sure he can pop on, check real quick, okay, they're cool, pop, pop off. And my sister can do the same for my dad's house, so, because they're in the same town, if anything were to go wrong and you could you didn't. You physically were unable to reach somebody in an emergency. If you hadn't heard from somebody, you could just check the camera. Oh, shit, they're on the floor, passed out. Let me go there now. It only take me 30 seconds. So he checked the cameras at my sister's house to see if I was there because he, he he was unsure if I had stayed for a long time or if it was just there for a short time. So he checks in as I'm stepping away from the camera into my sister's room where the incident happens. He hears the freaking noise. He hears me scream. And then he sees the whole thing unfold. So literally as I'm in pain, my sister's like, hey, dad wants to know if you're all right. And I was like, what? How does he even know? And then she told me and I was like, oh, that that makes sense. Cool. So, yeah. So that sets up my weekend. And let's talk about our Walk Among Us weekend. So that was Thursday. And like I said, we're going to talk about our Walk Among Us weekend. So now we move into Friday. I get up and my dad's. I, I had mostly got the stuff I wanted to get accomplished and cleaning up those rooms together and like it's it's mostly there. So it's I'm happy. And I'm like, I'm not feeling good. Daddy gives me some medicine. He gave me a tramadol, which is his medicine for his back, which is really fucked up. And I don't take medicine like that anymore, or not even close to this level of this shit. So I drive from dad's to V's and I, she's there and we're talking and I'm telling her about my foot and I show her and she's like, holy fuck, it's swollen. It's huge. It's bigger than the other foot by like a lot. Like, how did you not know? And I was like, I just, I think I'm in shock a little bit. 
you know, the whole hour and a half drive, my foot's just fucking throbbing. And I'm just like, get through, just grin it and bear, just get through, you know, and I limp down to her room and whatnot. It's like, okay, this is going to suck considering we have a show on Saturday, right? So Friday, uh, I hang out at V's for a bit. I actually took a nap, which was a mistake, but it was because of that fucking painkiller. And like, I fell asleep. I wake up hours later and I get up. And I'm like, I'm feeling not right. I'm like, something's not right. My head's swimming. I'm feeling not right. This is not right. Something's wrong. And I'm like, V, you need to move away right now. Like, go step away from the door. Because I'm going out the door right now to puke. And I walked outside. And, like, it was the most violent, painful, not puke I've ever had. Because it was just, like, water, a cookie, and the a little part of the pill, actually came back up and I was like oh like the little husk of the pill not the actual pill itself but the little husk you know whatever and uh I was really fucking not right and we had to drive so we drive back up to Hammond to the house we get here and I'm all fuckered up and not feeling right and icing my foot some more and finally I'm like okay it's bedtime go to sleep it's Saturday here we come all day Saturday, I am doing everything ultra gingerly on my foot, being ultra mindful, because we're about to play our longest set as Walk Among Us we've ever done. Uh, we had planned this really cool show where we had created our set list based on how things in the Misfits history were released in time, in actual chronological time. So it was really interesting because it kind of gives you this like peaks and valleys of that band and their history and whatnot. We've, you know, obviously played those songs to death, but it's always fun to find a new way to do it and, and have a really cool time. So we have this really long set put together and I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. I'm probably going to have to cut a couple songs. That's just my guess. I think it was like 32 or 30 songs, something like that. And we played them all. We played every single song. I got through it. My foot survived. Uh, it was in a great deal of pain after the show. It feels really good today. It looks bruised, but better today. It still has some pain in some of my bones and whatnot. But, you know, I think it was really interesting to have to persevere in that situation. And, like, we have this show. I don't want to let the girls down. I don't want to let the people that are going to come to the show down. So what do I do? I fucking soldiered on, man, and, and my foot be damned. And yes, it was my drumming foot. My actual bass drum pedaling foot is the foot that I fucked up my right foot. So it's like, of all the things to have happen, my foot being injured was something I was not expecting. Uh, but that leads me to my next point. And let's talk about this a little bit. I'm going to go on a little bit of a soapbox, and then we're going to get a journey into comics, official Jam and time talk and talk about all the juicy news that I've gotten, some stuff that's, that's that's been popping off. So listen, you're a human person, and I understand, I get it. It's hard to compete with sweatpants and marijuana in your home. Like I, I really genuinely sympathize with you. I get it. I don't want to leave my house sometimes too. But it's 2019, and even if you see your friends are being quote-unquote successful, even though you see your friends are quote-unquote making it or doing the thing or whatever you want to call it, as you see people rising up in your community, if you're friends with them, you need to actually be supportive of them. And what I mean by that is is that I find it very 
striking and odd that we can play all over the country and we can play in all these different cities and headline shows and sell out shows and have amazing interaction with people and blow people's minds and all these things that we've always said and talked about, blah, 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 blah. But in the local area of the musical realm, it's death. The The region, as it were, is death for music. If you want to make it as a musician, don't play the region because it's not going to help benefit you. Because as of right now, what we're seeing is, is that an increased disconnect of people willing to leave their homes. They're so tethered to the phone. They're so tethered to their their Disney Plus and chill or Disney Plus and thrust, as it were. Not to say that's a bad thing either. Have a good time with that as well. But listen, you got friends. You have an opportunity to see them do something special and rise up. Be there for that. You have friends and you see that they're doing something and, and you think they're being successful, still go out and support them and say, hey, man, we love what you're doing. And, and this is crazy because that person isn't always going to be there. And oftentimes I see this happening. And, and I'm not just talking about me personally. I'm talking literally about my friends who are in bands and my, you know, uh, family relatives who are in bands by proxy and whatnot. And I just look at it, and it's like, why is it that when we go to these other places, why is it that places that are away from our home, where some of our fucking people are built in, is it easier for people to come out and and check us out? And it's like, it's that whole taking things for granted, I think, a little bit. So don't take the entertainment and things that you have around you for granted. If you tell your friend, hey, I'm going to come out and do this crazy thing, go out and do that thing with them, man. Don't last minute be like, okay, well, it'd be a lot more fun to sit at home and watch X-Men on Disney Plus and smoke this bowl. You know, I get it. I do. But at the same token, man, how many times are you doing that versus how many times have you went and seen your friend? How many times have you done that versus how many times you've tried something new in your life? This... um. I don't know how to say it, but there is a thing that I kind of have picked up on uh, that isn't my own idea, but I'm not going to credit the idea right now because I don't know if they want credit for the idea. Uh, but it's like there are levels of humans. There are people who are real people who interact, who are actual living humans who want to do good for the world, and then there are NPCs, non-playable characters, people who aren't a part of your party. Spoiler alert, you are an NPC to somebody. But here's the trick. If you're self-aware of that, if you're able to look at it and be like, man, those people who are having a shitty time over there, they're not a part of my journey. I'm on my own journey over here, and these are my party members who are in my journey. And they're living their own story. And to us, we aren't going to interact unless there's some sort of cross-pollination. But anyways, what I'm saying is, is that don't become an NPC that just gets locked into a routine of go to work, go home, go to bed, go home from work, eat your dinner, bang your wife, brush your teeth, and and go night-night, you know, things like that. Like, do different things. It's a Wednesday night, go out. Even if you don't fucking really feel like going out, like go do something fun. Take your kid to the movies. Do anything different. Uh, 
because it will help you to realize that you do only have one opportunity to experience this life. And once that's done, you don't get a like a do-over as far as we know. So you literally have to make the most of it, whatever that means to you. Um and and also and also be be aware too of the reality of the come up. It's not easy. If you're on the journey to come up, if you're trying to make it in the world and do something that's not just work a nine to five and you're trying to be a part of something bigger than yourself, uh, or you yourself are just trying to do something crazy and big, you got to look at it at all angles and you got to know that it's a slow, arduous, painful process. There's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of negativity and a lot of bad thoughts that can swirl in your head and self-doubt and things of that nature that can come up. Uh, when you haven't got to the end of the road that you're on, but you know you're on the right road, you just can't see the destination. It can get really frustrating. And uh, the best you could do in those moments, man, is to just remember uh, how far you've come, where you've come from, what your growth is, where you started to where you are. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's a little catch up in Nate's realm. I think it is now time for us to dive into some Marvel news. I don't have a ton of stuff today as I throw the mouse on the ground here. Uh, the things I do have are just a few short headlines that have some um, anecdotes for me, I guess, and, and thoughts. Uh, okay, so let me go. Where are we going to go first? We are gonna go. We are gonna go to the first big discussion that I wanted to have, which is this. Josh Trank. You guys have heard me ravage that motherfucker. Uh, he is the guy that destroyed the Fantastic Four in its last iteration in what was possibly one of the worst movies ever made. Now... Josh Trank, all this years later, has come out and actually reviewed his own movie. He, uh, I'm going to read this little article that I actually did pull up from comicbook.com, but it is such an interesting thing. Actually, it's a lengthy, uh, a lengthy little thing here, but it's it's not too bad. So a few superhero movies in recent years have had a bad time on their journey getting to the big screen as as Fantastic Four, Fantast Four, Fan Four Stick or whatever. In retrospect, it was doom, a doomed project from the start. 20th Century was approaching the deadline where, and if they didn't make a movie with the characters soon, the rights would revert back to Marvel and thus cross-town rival Marvel Studios. As the landscape of superheroes was even more competitive back then and the Walt Disney Company hadn't yet swallowed Fox whole, they had no other choice but to reboot the property. Enter director Josh Trank, fresh off the success of found footage superhero movie Chronicle. Trank's troubles on the shoe are well documented, though it's unclear how much of the studio's interference and the filmmaker, how much of it was the studio's interference and the filmmaker's own erratic behavior. There are reports of the director being volatile on set, including trashing a home he was renting in Louisiana where the film was being shot, according to a lengthy report from Hollywood Reporter. On the flip side, studio mandate reshoots and cuts were clearly made in the film, resulting in a chimera of mediocrity that no one was willing to claim, except producer Simon Kinberg who proclaimed in the midst of the movie's disastrous opening weekend that it's not a disaster. 
Trake himself even took to Twitter as the movie was bombing to say in a quickly deleted message, a fantastic version of the film was made that the audience would probably never see. Now, it's about four years later removed from that film, though many a meme are still bandied about. Trank has taken to his own personal letterboxed account to officially review his own film, offering a candid and introspective look in the film. Here's some quotes. He said, I was expecting it to be much worse than it was. I literally haven't seen it since like two weeks before it came out, and I was heavily fucking traumatized in my current state of mind. Why? Save that story for another time. Anyways, movie review. Great cast. Everyone in the film is a great actor, and overall there is a movie in there somewhere. And that cast deserves to be in that movie. Everyone who worked on Fantastic Four clearly wanted to be making that movie, but ultimately it wasn't. Did I make the movie I des they deserved to be in? To be honest, I can't tell. What I can tell is there are two different movies in one movie competing to be that movie. There is a... Is there a... Hashtag release the Trank cut. Doesn't matter. I'm not Zack Snyder. Uh, Zack Snyder is a storied, iconic, legendary filmmaker who has been knocking it out of the park. Uh, knocking it out of the fucking park since I was in high school. Me, then, I was 29-year-old making my second film in a situation more complicated than anything a second-time filmmaker should have walked into. That said, I don't regret it. Trank later went on to say, and this is something that we're going to discuss right now, and I'm going to talk about this. Uh, how he hopes that if the property gets rebooted, it is attached to Ant-Man director Peyton Reed, which I think that is a very cool and viable thing. So let's talk about this in two points. First of all, Fantastic Four, as I reviewed a long time ago, Journey into Comics, I think it was like 65. The Fantastic Four, that movie was awful because it's not a movie, because there are... It is a competing narrative. It does just like all of a sudden wrap up. You're in the end, and you're like, "What? How do we? How do we get here? Like, what? We were just back there, and now we're here. I don't understand." You know, and you ha you did have a cast that could have been great, really. Uh, ultimately, that's not what you got. You got the mediocrity that was the Fantastic Four movie we saw. If you saw it, you might not have seen it. Don't go see it, please. Save your brain meats. There are better things to fill your head with. But I love that Josh Trank has the wherewithal to step outside of himself and look at the movie. And, you know, he didn't throw it under the bus entirely. And I think that's because there is some artistic integrity there where he is like, you know, there's part of this movie that was really fucking good. And if we could have told that story, people would have been lost on it. And we would have had a great ass time. But that's not what happened. So... To comment then on that second part, which was him mentioning Peyton Reed being the guy who should bring the Fantastic Four back to life. And honestly, I think it's the perfect choice. The hands-down absolute perfect choice. If Peyton Reed is going to say, after Ant-Man 3, I need to move on to another project. Uh, maybe Ant-Man will just be a bigger part of the universe, which is funny because he's Ant-Man. <laughs> uh, but he'll be a bigger part of the universe who just makes different appearances a la the Hulk who will just show up in different movies. You can have Ant-Man and Spider-Man. You can have fucking X-Men meet the Ant-Man. Like, there's all kinds of different possibilities, right? Peyton Reed's like, I gotta do something different, but I wanna stay with Marvel Studios. They're giving me that good cheddar passion project. What would I love to do? Fantastic Four. And I'm telling you guys, it would be, it's, if that, if that version of this comes to life, if anything's slightly like that comes to life. Whatever Marvel brings us is going to be great. But you attach 
a Taika Waititi, a James Gunn, or a, 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 a you know a a fledgling Peyton Reed to that franchise, and I'm telling you, it's gonna be golden in a way that I can't even express. And I know, listen, do I do I now feel kind of relieved that we are in a period of no Marvel? Yes, because right now there's we're in this little lull. We had Spider-Man in July. We don't get new Marvel till May. We probably won't get the Black Widow trailer until Star Wars uh, in December. You know, it's nice that we can step away a little bit and not know for sure what's coming and be kind of left in the dark. Not to say that I did not love the ballsiness of Marvel saying, here's the next five years for us. This is exactly how it's going to be, and you guys can't stop us. But at the same token, it's like, man, I long for the days when we would say what what we would like to see possibly happen and be way off the fucking mark or kind of close sometimes, you know, in, in our predictions of, of what we could see happening in these movies. But it's like, we're at a point now where that we don't have any footage for what's coming next. We don't know what the future is really going to flesh out. And we're in, we're essentially in chapter two of a very large book. Uh, and chapter one was its own full, complete story. But there are still characters from chapter one that are going to be a part of chapter two. So we got to keep our brains on, you know. Uh, anyways. Where does that lead us? What What does that mean? What could come... Uh, in the future of Marvel Studios. And honestly, you know, I will say there are some dates that are very interesting. Uh, 2022 is packed. Uh, 2023, I think, is packed as well. There were a bunch of movie release dates. There's like one February 18th of 2022. Uh, May 6th of 2022. July 19th of 2022. October 7th of 2022, and then February 17th of 2023, May 5th of 2023, July 28th of 2023, November 3rd of 2023. And there are some movies that have been like loosely talked about and like not officially, officially a thousand million percent confirmed with like any official modicum of detail. But we know that Ryan Reynolds is going to do Deadpool at some point. And if it's not Black Panther 2, I think Deadpool 3 would be cool for that February 18th date. I could also kind of see that being a Captain Marvel movie. Because uh, she's already in the universe. Uh, looking at the May 6th, the 2022 date. I mean, you don't think it's going to be Guardians 3. It's a little soon. It could be Ant-Man 3 maybe. But usually they save Ant-Man for like a June-July summer blockbustery time. Uh, possibly Captain Marvel or Black Panther in that spot. Uh, October 7th of 2022 I want to talk about because I can lock down for sure what that's going to be. I don't know if you guys know this, but go through the history of Marvel as Marvel Studios. They've never released in October. So what would get them to change their minds? What would make them do that? What one property is just spooky enough and gory enough and horror-y enough that if you sold it as such, if you sold it as such, 
people are going to freak out. And that's Blade. And you guys know I'm right. So I think October 7th, we can almost lock Blade in. It's going to be there for sure. Uh, February 17th of 2023, could this be Black Panther 2 and or Deadpool 3 and or the Fantastic Four possibly reboot at this point? It's been, it will have been, you know, nearing eight years since the last Fantastic Four movie came out at this point. That's a, it's a long enough time away, I think. May 5th of 2023, I'm calling it now. I think that Guardians is a lock for that spot. Um, Guardians debuted in August, and then they kind of shifted to that May primetime spot. And I think initially next year they were supposed to be, or two years from now, there's 2021, they were supposed to be Guardians 3, but then the whole James Gunn thing happened, and then he went to Suicide Squad, and then now that's happening, and then blah, 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 blah. So in short, I think Guardians will make their return May 5th, 2023, the Guardians are back. And it fits the narrative, especially because it's the third volume three on in, in 2023. It just, I think they can do cool shit with that. Uh, maybe we'll get Captain Marvel or Black Panther 2 deep in July of 2023. Maybe Ant-Man goes there. I don't know. It would be weird. Uh, will we get a Nova film? Maybe. Maybe. we could. I could see Nova being that November 3rd date. Uh... But I could also see that being Spider-Man. Or I could also actually see July 28, 2023 being Spider-Man. That's actually a real, That's actually what I want to say. July 28, 2023 is going to be Spider-Man 3. Whatever it is. Home, no more, no more home. Let's go home. Home sweet home. No place like home. Whatever. Anyways, I'm looking forward to the upcoming slate of Disney stuff. And I cannot wait to see what we get out of them. Now... I want to talk about something that kind of pisses me off. I know somewhere on this podcast in one of the several conversations that I've had, I have talked about the DOD helicopter that I thought I spotted in Endgame. Uh, or not the DOD, the, what was it? The, not the Department of Defense. The, the cleanup crew, essentially, that Tony had hired uh, and was working with in Spider-Man Homecoming. There's a helicopter at the end of Endgame where they're taking a crate away. And it's definitely just those people cleaning up the mess. It's it's just tiny continuity. It's nothing major. And today, months later, uh, comicbook.com releases mystery helicopter spotted in Avengers Endgame. And I'm like, if any of you motherfuckers would listen to my show, sorry, but just being real, uh... You would know that because I've already said these things. These are things that are, I, I've listen. There are so many tiny details. If I literally walked through with a fine tooth comb and wrote down every tiny, distinct little detail in Avengers Endgame that I saw, I could do a six-hour podcast, and that's not a lie or a uh, misrepresentation of time. There are so many subtle, tiny, microscopic things happening. Stuff on the shelves, like there's some sort of element, and I, I fucking spaced out I, I don't think it's vibranium but there's like an element that's in avengers tower or in the avengers facility that you can see it's like mo- molecularly structured it might be gamma i'm i'm not i can't my brain's not working right now but uh yeah you look at stuff and you see all these little details and it's like man if some of these bigger news outlets paid attention to the people who are actually putting the work in uh, they would do their job a lot sooner. Just saying. So I mentioned Guardians 3. Let's talk about James Gunn. 
Uh, as James Gunn recently kind of kiboshed a rumor that I was stoked for, we had even covered it here because we thought it was possibly true. Uh, that rumor being that James Gunn would be tethered to doing uh, Guardians 3 with Mark Hamill involved. So here's the unfortunate truth. According to a recent AMA type thing that James Gunn did on Instagram, someone said, hey, what's up? Are you and Mark Hamill still in talks for him to appear in Guardians 3? And James Gunn responded, killing everybody's dreams. Mark is my friend. We have never had these talks you speak of. Ah, it's so sad. Wouldn't it be awesome to have fucking Mark Hamill in Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, he's fucking Luke Skywalker, man. He is the OG space cowboy, as it were. So, I mean, you know, the Tauntaun riding, Banth Wampa slashing fucking madman Luke Skywalker like put him in a, put him in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 it would be awesome I mean I don't know if you put Mark Hamill as a bad guy or a good guy in that movie but regardless it would be interesting to see him ascend to that role uh, wherever they placed him because he would be he'd be kill he would be absolutely amazing it'd actually be hilarious as shit if he was Mark Hamill and like for some reason, the Guardians end up on Earth at a Comic-Con. Like, I know that's, like, total fan service booking, but, like, they're the Guardians of the Galaxy. They have to go to Earth to this fucking con. They run into Mark Hamill. Who is this? And Star-Lord's like, oh, oh, my, oh, 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 my God, you're Luke Skywalker, you know, and, like, freaks out and whatnot. I think that'd be absolutely hysterical. Here's something that's not hysterical. And I saw this headline, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, we're talking about it. It's probably going to be my closing soapbox of the episode. Because Lou Ferrigno is, quote, disappointed with Hulk in Avengers Endgame, blaming Disney and Mark Ruffalo. Lou Ferrigno, star of the television version of The Incredible Hulk, blames actor Mark Ruffalo and Disney for a disappointing portrayal of the Hulk in Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame. There's a five-year time jump that revealed Bruce Banner successfully merged his brain with the other guy's brawn after an 18-month stint in a gamma lab, creating an amalgamation of the two, informally referred to as Smart Hulk. We're going to call him Professor Hulk. This blended form of Hulk, inspired by the Professor Hulk incarnation, as I said, from the classic Marvel comics, subsequently appeared more refined and more human, but a bulkier, green-skinned ruffalo and lacked separation between Banner and his anger-fueled alter ego. Meaning Endgame lacked the beauty of the 78 series, also starring Bill Bixby, according to Frigno. He says this, What's happening is that the first two Hulk movies, the CGI was improving, but the last one, Endgame, I was disappointed because the Hulk needs to be hideous. He needs to be a creature. Ferrigno said at the Canada's Hamilton Comic Con, you, you, see in, you see in Endgame, Mark Ruffalo, I think it has a lot to do with him and Disney. I don't like the, the way they portrayed Hulk. It took away that beauty, that quality of the Hulk. That's what a lot of people liked. The ser That's why a lot of people liked the series. He then went on to say that it was too much of Endgame, was extreme with the spaceships, the shooting, and the outer space. We need good stories, good elements, good messages about life. Because when you see the series, even the Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone, you learn something from every episode. The CGI, I mean, it's all different. People like it that way because it's a bigger entertainment on the screen. Can I say two things first of all? Lou Ferrigno, I'm not going to take my opinions from you, Mr. One of the Worst TV Series of All Time, just saying. 
it was innovative for its time or whatever, but go back and watch. The Incredible Hulk is a shitty series. To dive deeper into that, let's talk about this. We need good stories, good elements, good messages about life because when you see the series, even like the Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone, you learn something from every episode. The CGI, I mean, it's all different. People like it that way because it's bigger entertainment on the screen. You sound like rambling fucking Trump. Just like throwing words at a fucking dartboard and hoping they make sense. And I'm telling you, like while I get kind of where you're coming from, you're wrong. What we got in Endgame was one of the most beautiful stories of the Hulk. It was one of the most poignant stories of the Hulk. It was the Hulk having to be outside of himself, to be better than himself, to to put the world first. To put his bullshit aside and be like, listen, Hulk and I can either keep fucking around like this where I can't really control him, or we can find some sort of balance. Finding the balance allows me to be in control, which allows me to have the power, which allows everybody to win. Because everybody wants Hulk's power. Everybody needs Hulk to be the brute. But everybody also needs Banner smart, so why not have both? Lou Frigno, I just poked a really large hole in your tiny little theory. Uh, and I think that you need to stop having an opinion on the Hulk. You lost that right in 1979 when they fired your ass. Anyways. Back at it. Folks, I think that's it, man. I think we're going to wrap today. Not that I don't have a lot more to talk about, but it's like a little bit sad and daunting when you don't have Tyler next to you to chat. and We want to talk about The Mandalorian together. We have to talk about Episodes 3 and 4. We have to finish our House of X, Powers of X Uh coverage which we're so fucking close we're literally one issue away for both of those so stick around folks because very soon in the next coming weeks you will get more coverage on the mandalorian you will also be getting the final coverage on house of x powers of x as we transition into this new x-men series and possibly into some new spider-man stuff as well folks i want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of journey into comics as always you can check us out at journeyintocomics.com get us on Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search journeyintocomicsnetwork.com. Also go to patreon.com and give us a dollar or more, and your donation will help grow our network as well as fuel our crazy uh, goal of having a hot sauce battle of epic proportions with many members of the network where once we're done with it, we're actually going to podcast and talk about how we screwed ourselves up. So if you want to join in on that, folks, go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. And I think we're here. We're at the end of the show. And I thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been Journey into Comics 271. I have been Nate. We will see you folks later. As always, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, everyone.